Happy summertime, everybody. This is Greg, and here's what's in the Popping Colors feed for July 2021. The Popping Colors crew has compiled a popping playlist on Spotify for your road tripping, beach lounging, trail hiking, summer activities. We announce our musical picks on this month's episode of Popping Collars. The Canon makes its triumphant return this month. Shayna Watson comes back to draft the movies of Tim Burton. The great Going on 30 mob trilogy concludes this month as Betsy and I look back at the Coen Brothers classic, Miller's Crossing. Last but not least, we're launching a brand new topic on The Sacred Six. Stephen McHale joins me to discuss six albums from the most influential band of all time, The Beatles. We kick things off with the early singles featured on the Past Masters Volume 1 collection. Thanks for listening, and keep those collars popped. Hi there. This is Reverend Eric McQuaye from the Episcopal Diocese of California. I am the Director of Multicultural Ministries, and you are listening to Poppin' Collars. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Popping Collars, the podcast that lives at the intersection of religion and your music mix. I have with me this lovely day my co-hosts, whom you know, but we always love introducing ourselves each time. So let's start with Betsy. Betsy, what's going on? How are you? Oh, it's summertime. All the children are gone. We ended the year well. Graduation class of 2021 is there a brood x update Betsy? oh they they dead they dead oh, now. they gone. Yesterday, they <laughs> they gone so see you again in 17 years yeah what a time to be alive 2038 <laughs> can't wait oh i'm in alexandria episcopal high school just i forgot <laughs> to name that so there we go <laughs> also with me uh today is greg knight greg Hey, Ricardo. Can I just say, music episodes are my favorite episodes of Popping Colors. I get so jazzed whenever we talk about music. And I'm doing fine down here in Palm Beach, Florida, where I am the associate for Christian formation at Bethesda Bethesda. Thanks. Thank you, Greg. Also with us is the inimitable Liz Easton. Liz, what's up? Hey, Ricardo. Um, I'm coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm the canon to the ordinary for the Diocese of Nebraska. And it is hot, 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 hot here. Like it is in many parts of the country, at least when we're recording this, just relentless um, heat waves. So that's tough. And here's a hot tip for all of you. A couple weeks ago, I bought a day pass to a hotel pool. I didn't know that was a thing. But it is a thing, and it's a thing all over the country. And my hairdresser tipped me off to it, and it was just one of the most wonderful summertime activities. So if you're in a place that's super hot and you don't have access to a pool, get yourself a day pass and just act like a like a person with a pool. Will you, if you talk to people there, pretend to be staying at the hotel and give yourself a different persona <laughs> every time? No, that's a because great idea. Because I think that could be real fun. Yeah, just a hot summer tip for all of you. Nice. 
Nice. Like Thank you, Liz. Boy, this is not just any regular podcast. No. This is a lifestyle. Yeah. Are you going to get this kind of information on other Episcopal podcasts? No, yeah, no. not at all. Not even close. Uh-uh. <laughs> you got to come to the longest running Episcopal podcast. You do. In history. Hot, literally a hot tip. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I never introduced myself. I am Ricardo Avila. I am the rector of St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Los Gatos, California, from which sanctuary I am actually recording uh, now because uh, of interesting technical developments. And so if there is an echo to my voice, you are hearing a sacred echo. So today is a special day where we're inaugurating what I sort of hope is a semi-regular, uh, well, we'll see how it goes, uh, a new project. And uh, I guess we're calling it the popping playlist. And what we decided to do was uh, to have each of the four co-hosts bring a few songs that they like and to introduce them to our fans and talk about them. And why, why'd you like that song? You know, if you, if you are of my generation, I'm 54, uh, or maybe younger, I don't know, you might've made uh, mixtapes for friends with themes like love or dancing or I'm really sad. And um, you sat around making these mixtapes and tapes and perfecting them or mix CDs later. And you know, it's harder to do that now. So we thought we'd give you our playlist, our popping playlist, which will appear on Spotify magically when the time is right. And you can go and listen to all the songs we're gonna talk about. So. Uh, so just so you know out there, we are randomizing the order uh, in which we, we are uh, choosing who goes next. And we'll each have four songs and we're using Greg's infamous, what is it called? A randomizer? Uh, it's, it's called uh, Betsy's Favorite Wheel app Stupid for, wheel. for wheel. phones. Wheel sucks. <laughs> I like the bag. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to get heated. I'm sorry. If you want this wheel app, you just go to the Google Play or the Apple Store and you type in Betsy loves this wheel. <laughs> and this is the app that shows and up. And it comes up. I'm really mm-hmm. glad they've latched on to my beef and hatred as a marketing tool. So, wheel. okay, great. So the wheel will pick. The wheel will pick. The wheel Here it goes. It's spinning. You can never hear it. The wheel has it. chosen me. Yeah. Oh, the wheel has chosen me. Of course it chose us you. off. I'm going to go last every time. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I thought that this was probably going to be my closer, but you know what? We're going to kick off the album with this song because oh. when it's one of the greatest songs, if not the greatest song ever written, it's got to lead off your album. So we are kicking things off with Born to Run. The highway's jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive. Everybody's out on the run tonight, but there's no place left to hide. Together, Wendy, we can live with the sadness. I'll love you with all the madness in my soul. Someday, girl, I don't know when, we're gonna get to that place where we really wanna go and we'll walk in the sun. But till then, tramps like us. I mean, come on, it's just great. It's good. It's great. Great. Um, and what it speaks to me and the reason that I'm ch- I've chosen it for our popping playlist 2021 is that it just screams life to me. And we've been surrounded by death and loss and pain and grief. 
for a year and a half and a song that celebrates life just feels like the place to start for me. So Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen. Ricardo, you are next. Oh, nice. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to follow up Born to Run. Huh, I wonder how that'll work. I will go with a song that I picked because I love the lyrics. They're evocative, so that kind of goes with uh, Bruce. But um, it's a song by a band called The Mountain Goats. This particular song I like because it actually has some, um, some religious lyrics in it. And so this song is called Love, Love, Love. So the first verse goes, King Saul fell on his sword when it all went wrong. And Joseph's brothers sold him up down the river for a song. And Sonny Liston rubbed some tiger balm into his glove. Some things you do for money and some you do for love, love, love. So it's very enigmatic. Like, what is he talking about? Love is not a clean thing. Love is this kind of, has this edge of tragedy to it almost. And in that sense, it's even more precious. Not as catchy as Born to Run, but certainly about love and escape. Is that loud enough? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> See you again. Liz, we'll we'll Liz you are up. Hey, um, <clears throat> I just want to say I love that Mountain Goats album. Um, so my guiding principle for my for this little playlist was um, kind of about emotional impact, I think, of songs over my life and also specifically in the last year and a half. So the songs that I loved and came to rely on. And in a couple of cases, songs that, um, or in one significant case, a song that I learned about for the first time in the last year. But I'm going to start with um, the Nico Case song, Star Witness, from the album Fox Confessor Brings the Flood, which is probably my favorite album. She's really amazing. And I first heard this song, I first heard this album when I was traveling cross country with my friend Hannah years ago. And it so it became sort of, for me, the soundtrack of like adventure and the West. You can pull her lyrics out of any song and break them as poetry. And they read as like literary poetry. It's just gorgeous. And it's like a magic trick. My true love drowned in a dirty old pan of oil that did run from the block of a Falcon sedan 1969. The paper said 75. There were no survivors, none found alive. And it just goes on to tell this story of um, loss from a lot of different perspectives. And what the strength I think in her songwriting is that it's hard to place her perfect album. Thank you, Liz. Liz, I just, I want to, I want to pause at this moment to say that two of the three choices already made Liz and I have seen in concert together. No, we saw Rilo Kylie together. That wasn't the new pornographers? No. Did they open? They opened for Belle and Sebastian. We saw uh, Rilo Kylie together. So that's Jenny Lewis I'm thinking yeah. of confusing. Yeah. <sighs> Still well, feeling left out. Still feeling But I don't know if you guys do know that we did see Bruce Springsteen together. I don't know if we've ever <laughs> mentioned that on this podcast before. Oh Lord. <laughs> on Broadway. Yo. Every time, every time, tear in his eye. I remember crying on cue. (laughs) Bruce Springsteen. I I saw it on Netflix, you guys. It's pretty good on Netflix. Because Greg and I Netflix partied and we watched it together. (laughs) I just watched it the other night on Netflix. I texted Ricardo. It's pretty good on Netflix. I mean, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've heard it's better than watching it in person. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think it knows me again. Yeah, did. Oh, <laughs> uh, wheel. We don't swear a lot on the show, wheel. So, okay. Got and it. we are going next to a cover of a Meat Puppets song, a song called Oh Me, which uh, Nirvana covered at their Unplugged concert that they did in New York. And that's the song that I want to talk about. Uh, it's these lyrics. I can't see the end of me. My whole expanse, I cannot see. I formulate infinity stored deep inside me. To teenage Greg, that was kind of like this sort of spiritual longing, right? When you when you live off of the philosophy of Yoda from The Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> who says like, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. There's something really poignant in there. I, I, I can't see infinity, right? But I know that it is in this sort of messy goo of human body. Like somewhere in there is, is the infinite, is this gift of God. It's Kurt's voice. It's uh, Chris and Kurt Kirkwood's guitars. And the whole thing comes together. And it's just this beautiful, quiet moment in the middle of one of the most uh, famous concerts of all time. All right, Will. Will the wheel ignore Betsy one more time? Should we just pick Betsy? No matter what no, the wheel says? I I want, no, a, no, I want, no. We committed like to the wheel. Well, there's a wheel, there's a will. Ah, the wheel. <laughs> the wheel has chosen thee, Betsy. It did it. It did it. All right. So I'm going with it because I've got some quieter stuff on my thing as well. So I'm going to go with my big energy song because uh, it's the opening of a of a tape. I mean, uh, you know, if I'm going to kind of be there with Born to Run and that sort of thing. So I'm going to go with Shake It Out by Florence and the Machine. It is moody. It is scarves it is diaphanous fabric it is like throwing your body around it there is darkness there is light just and I'm, I'm seeing kind of a theme of of the songs that we're picking here some of these are songs that we really needed in the last year i know that mine are and so i i think i listen to this song and i think of my daughter and i when she was younger uh dancing to these these songs and they're just you know and i i love to sing and Florence's voice just invites you to come on in and turn it up and sing with her. Because sometimes you just got to move. Nice. Ricardo, ah! you are next. The randomizer is being nice to me. You know, I, sad songs are my favorite songs, I have to say. In fact, I think way back when I first started Facebook, they asked you to type little things about yourself. Basically, I said I like sad songs the best. Um, so my second choice is by the smiths and it's called how soon is now and uh the reason i picked it for personal reasons it came out in 1984 that's when i graduated high school and i think i've said before on this show when i was in high school i listened to sticks and kansas and then i went to college and it took about you know nine months but then i was listening to like the cure and the smiths and all this you know cool stuff and this song would play in the clubs I was 18 in 1984, and I did not come out until I was 21. This song was one of those songs that got me through. He says, you shut your mouth. How can you say I go about things the wrong way? I am human and I need to be loved, just like everybody else does. 
Thank you, Morrissey. So I think we pretty much now charted when Ricardo was cool. So that means it's about 1984. <laughs> so you said about 2005. Yeah, 20 years. Okay. I mean, that's a good run. <laughs> that's a, that's a fair chunk of time. That's pretty good. You know, 20 years of cool with Ricardo Avila. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every once in a while, there's an accidental cool that happens, but it's rare. <laughs> um, See, I think I'm going to make a, I'm like a playlist that's just called 20 Years of Cool. 20 years, of, 20 years of Cool is a great name for it. 20 Years of Cool is a great playlist. name for a mixtape. Let's spin that wheel. <laughs> spin that wheel. Let's spin it. So, Ricardo, you are blue, and Betsy is purple. Betsy, you're okay. back again. Okay. All right, so all right, I'm gonna go with "Night Swimming" by REM. Like how soon is now? Incredibly atmospheric. Like I love listening to the song, driving in my car at night, and just like windows down. It feels like you've stepped into one of the most intimate memories. And so there's something about "Night Swimming" that makes me feel like I'm revisiting something. So now I'm now the older adult who's reflecting back on. Yeah, when that summer camp staff party, <laughs> and and in my night swimming moment, you know that 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 kind of comes back, it just imprinted. I love that album, and I love that song, Betsy. You nailed it. That whole like photograph on the dashboard, you know, turned around backwards so the windshield shows every streetlight reveals a picture. I I had that. Like I would drive around. I had like photos like on the dashboard in like in the where the speedometer was and stuff like that. Uh, it just, mm -hmm. it's so evocative. See, the wheel did good, Betsy. <sighs> I picked the song, the wheel. the wheel didn't pick the song, so. Liz, Sorry. you're up. Here we go. Well, I think I teed it up beautifully with a reference to Bruce Springsteen earlier. Oh. So, um, what are we? Course, what do we got next? Jungle Land, what do we got, Liz? Well, of course we're gonna pick a Bruce Springsteen song. So the song that I'm picking, I would have never said was a favorite song of Bruce Springsteen's at all. I, in fact, it, I always thought of it as kind of cheesy. It was not part of a Springsteen era that I liked. And I reconnected with it during the pandemic and it has become like, without a doubt, my favorite Springsteen song. But that song is The Rising. The lyrics are really rich and kind of complex and deep. And then the acoustic version felt very sacred to me. It reminded me kind of of sacred music. And the lyrics, um, I just really connected with it, like on a theological level. I think that it's one of his most religious songs. There's spirits above and behind me, faces gone black, eyes burning bright. May their precious blood bind me, Lord, as I stand before your fiery light. I think of All Saints Day. I think of All Souls, depending on how you swing when it comes to those holy days. The communion of saints are around us all the time. And so are the souls of the faithful departed in a really mysterious way. And in that way, we never walk alone. It's just eternal. There's just this eternal aspect to it, especially in a time of year where I was separated from church in a powerful way. I love it. So now if people were to ask me, what's your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? I have an answer. And it, and it surprises me that, that that ended up being it. But at least for now, it's the rising. Who's next? Well, OK, so we have a decision to make. Oh. Because the wheel has chosen Liz again. I'll go yeah, ahead. yeah, no, let's do it. All How right. the wheel works. How the wheel works. All right. All right. Um, so I'm taking a departure here and I'm picking a hymn. The hymn that I'm picking is Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, 
which um, is a pretty classic hymn. It's in our Episcopal hymnal. I've always associated a little bit more with like a post-Vatican II Catholic masses. Um, I, it was not part of my repertoire of the church that I grew up in. I don't remember singing it. I don't remember singing it in seminary. I think it maybe was really like a morning prayer hymn, but I was first exposed to it with Sufjan Stevens' version, which is a really great um, acoustic version of that hymn. Um, really beautiful. The only problem is that it does not include my very favorite verse, which um, I'm going to read to you because it also brings me a lot of comfort. Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea, cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee, which wert and art and evermore shall be. I don't have a easy or um, complete theology of heaven. And the book of Revelation is a comfort to me because it's in scripture and it just says something and it says something really weird about the kind of final restoration of creation. And for whatever reason, even in the violence and turmoil and strangeness of that book, uh, it brings me comfort. So the idea of all the saints casting down their golden crowns upon the glassy sea, it just feels so um, epic. I almost picked Sufjan Stevens' song as well. Oh. Uh, the wheel has chosen me again. Is this your third choice, Greg, or your fourth? This is my third. Ah, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz talked about things in heaven being weird, and so this is my chance to throw in, I know a girl who thinks of ghosts. She'll make you breakfast. She'll make you toast. But she don't use butter. She don't use cheese. She don't use jelly or any of these. She uses Vaseline. <laughs> It's the flaming lips, but she don't use jelly. And it's just a fun, weirdo song that, uh, you know, we're going to throw into the middle of this mixtape to wake you up a little bit, uh, to get you moving, to get you walking around the room, uh, to get you tapping your foot. Right. I have tried to like the flaming lips (laughs) and they can all they can come for me. But I I just can't. I just can't. It doesn't work for me. I think maybe I think it's been pretty clear on this podcast that we all are really into lyrics a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I I felt like dudes really like the flaming lips. And I I don't know what I I don't know why I gender that. I'm not sure. I I was like, I should like these guys. And I just (laughs) So I'm proud of you, Greg. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank the wheel for picking Liz again. Boom. Maybe it's the wheel of Liz. Feels like a lot of pressure. So this is my (laughs) final pick. This is my fourth and final pick. And this is a pandemic song for me. And it comes with a bit of a story. So early in the pandemic was a very hard time for me. Like I think it was for everybody. And especially during those early times when things were really, really locked down and being a responsible person meant staying home and I live alone. So that meant I was alone (laughs) to make things obvious. It was really hard. And one of the things that was hardest at that time was, which was church, honestly, that I felt like the, the work that I do for the church felt important and I felt drawn to do it and that I had responsibility and that was okay. But the lack of a church community was really difficult. And I felt like a lot of the language and a lot of the resourcing about how to worship and how to be church 
relied on having a family at home. So it felt just like really kind of extra isolating for me. And I think that like a lot of us, I um, really enjoyed and took advantage of like the sort of live concerts that would happen on the internet that you could watch and that that, that would sort of become like um, appointment viewing. You know, you knew that like uh, the Indigo Girls were going to be on Facebook Live on this day or whatever. So the Grand Old Opry shut down during the pandemic and, but they did have concerts occasionally live from the Ryman. So there was a concert that was um, Vince Gill, Emmylou Harris and Rodney Crowell, who are all seated, just stretched out on the stage, just them and their guitars. These are three songwriters that I love very much. I may have referred to Vince Gill as my boyfriend occasionally on this podcast. He played a song that Rodney Crowell wrote back in the 70s called Song for the Life. I had never heard it before. Rodney Crowell is a great and prolific songwriter, and he never got as famous as other people recording his songs. So probably um, Alan Jackson made this song pretty famous. But it's a song about the simplicity, the value of a simple life. And I think the place that a lot of us come to or hope to come to in our development where we no longer long for and expect the really big life, but can value and appreciate and honor the little life that we have. One of the verses is, Somehow I've learned how to listen For a sound like the sun So at each verse, it ends with, um, it's a song for the life I have found. It keeps my feet on the ground. But in the final chorus, the it changes to say, it's a song for the friend I have found. And in Rodney Crowell's original song, and in the version made famous by Alan Jackson, the song that Crowell wrote, writes, it ends, um, she keeps my feet on the ground. So it's a song for the friend I have found. She keeps my feet on the ground. So it's about a lover or a partner. And in the live version with my boyfriend, Vince Gill, who has the most beautiful voice in all the world, he, I think, and I've listened now to this version many times on YouTube, he says, it's a song for the friend I have found. He keeps my feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. So he changes the pronoun. And at least I think he does. His voice is pretty soft in that moment. But it was like a revelation for me. It felt like a gift. It was this reminder, I'm going to cry, like that mm-hmm. um, you're not alone. Like I heard it that he was talking about Jesus, which he maybe was doing. I don't know. Again, it's hard to tell when you listen to it. And Rodney Crowell certainly wasn't. But if that was a decision that Vince Gill made in that moment, I'm so grateful for it. Like it was such a gift to me to be reminded of this thing that I knew that even in like all of that isolation, um, I wasn't alone. So anyway, I downloaded that song. I, obviously, they never recorded the Vince Gill version, but 
Um, I, so I would like all of us, I developed these weird little routines about like how to get through those hard days. And I would, when I would end working at home, I would like kind of close the door and like put on my walking shoes and go out for a long walk. And it was at the end of the day, the kind of day that he's describing in that song. And, um, I would just listen to that and it was just an incredible gift. And a lot of my ministry is about little places. It's about these little churches and these little towns and, this incredible witness to an ancient thing. That song was a great gift. And it's, it was written in 1978 and I'd never heard it mm-hmm. until 2021. And um, Rodney Crowell cried on stage when Vince Gill sang it for him. Mm. And it's this great moment. Emmylou Harris all of a sudden starts harmonizing the chorus and you're like, who, where did you come from? And so Look it up on YouTube. I don't know if Vince Gill made that change. I think he did. And I've even considered writing him, like not in a creepy way, but just to be like, that was really something like that. Really- well, I was, I was going to say you should ask him on your next date <laughs> over dinner. I know well, you keep forgetting. I know yeah. his wife might have something to say about it. Yeah, that. she might have. A few things I mean, isn't that the beauty of art? Though? Like, I mean, it can mean that to you, whether or not he meant it. Like, right. I mean, that, that's kind of the whole thing about our podcast, but it's like, but it's true. It's like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter. Like it right. matters to you. Um, right. Totally. And now whenever I hear this song, like the recorded versions that I have, like, that's the way that I hear it. It's a love song about our creator. It's a love song about the friend that we have in Jesus. Like that's, that's what I hear. Liz, that was a great story. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Those are moments when I believe in the, the, the Holy Spirit is kind of moving around doing stuff mm-hmm. when it, you, even if it were wrong, it did something for you. And if you woke up the next day and saw that the lyrics were not that at all, or you heard it differently, what was needed to be done was done. All right. Ricardo. Hey. Oh boy. All right. Well, I can't follow that up. So um, I'm not going to try. So the song I picked is called, the third song I picked is called The Story of an Artist, and it's by Daniel Johnston. And um, if you haven't had a chance to please watch The Devil and Daniel Johnston, it's a documentary that came out, I think in 2005. He's kind of this misfit, eccentric guy who writes songs that are like naive, beautiful. And it's really easy on the surface to think, oh God, this voice is awful and he can't even play piano right and he can't make the words match and the recordings are horrifying they're like in an echo chamber <laughs> you know, all this stuff. the song is about how he is a misfit and the people around him think why are you why are you trying to be an artist you're such a loser and yet he he feels that there's something that he has to say to the world so the story of an artist by daniel johnston um he's got some great songs and they're not at all great by a long stretch but there are enough of them so that's my third pick but anyway right, betsy Ooh, number all three right. all right so i'm bringing the funk and that's what we're doing so all i'm right. going with give it what you can by the meters a new orleans band featuring art neville and uh and George Porter and some other just amazing musicians. They were all kind of session musicians on like some of like the you know famous tracks that you've heard about Dr. John and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, when Alan Toussaint is approaching you to say, hey, do you want a record contract? Like, that's pretty cool. So so these guys are amazing. And this song 
when when we were doing some professional development this year around our move to try to be an anti-racist school, you know, this is an album from 1977. And again, it is the frustrating yet familiar idea that we've been dealing with these issues for so long, this wounding so long in our country. You know, time is hard. A dollar ain't nothing and nothing in the world is free. Trying to unlock the answer to living, but you keep throwing away the key. Love yourself and hate your brother is a well-known matter of fact. We keep on trying to get rid of this hate, but it keeps on coming back. Give me what you can while you still can give it. Uh, Questlove did a documentary called Summer of Soul, which was about the Harlem uh, cultural arts festivals that were happening in 1969. Uh, Stevie Wonder was there. Uh, Mahalia Jackson was there. Like they, they would have, they would just bring in like all these names. And one of them was Nina Simone. And Nina Simone's set is exactly what you were saying. That's it's, it's this, Mm -hmm. it's this call for justice from 1969 from a black woman on stage in Harlem, who's laying it all out. Why won't anyone listen? It's me. All right. I'll just start with the lyrics for my last one. It's been rough and rocky traveling. But I'm finally standing upright on the ground After taking several readings I'm surprised to find my mind still fairly sound I guess Nashville was the roughest But I know I've said the same about them all We received our education In the cities of the nation, me and Paul Almost busted in All right, so that's Willie Nelson and his drummer (laughs) Traveling around the country Uh, And it's the story of Willie, you know Getting in trouble in hotels And, you know, catching up with Charlie Pride At some point in Buffalo And, like, all this stuff Why did I pick me and Paul? I don't know that we've ever said it explicitly on this podcast I don't know if I've even said it to you guys, but there was a period where probably around when we put out our hundredth episode of the pod, I was, I was okay with us being done. Like I was okay with this project being done. I felt like we had said everything that we could say. And I was at this point in life too, where what was a really fun hobby of getting together uh, with you guys and talking about pop culture and all that stuff, all of a sudden it had become a, it become another job. It had become more work. And we would record an episode and I would just, I would feel miserable because I would look at the raw audio file and I would be like, oh my God, I've got to listen through this entire thing and cut it down and put in clips maybe or do, you know, whatever uh, to make it a show. It's just another thing. And what have, what have, what have I gotten into? And then I think the next episode we did after that hundredth, like we took like five months to put out another episode and it was about finales. It was about endings. And I was like, well, this is, here's a perfect place to end the show. We can just end it right here. So it could be the last episode, but then you have like something that's in the back of your mind where I thought to myself, if I don't do the show, when am I ever going to talk to Betsy, Liz and Ricardo? <laughs> like, when are we going to get together and, and talk? And I started to realize that popping collars isn't what energizes me about doing the podcast. It's talking to you guys that energizes me about the podcast. And as soon as that sort of clicked over in my brain, all of a sudden the work became easy again. 
And not only did it become easy again, it was like, well, I want to do this more. <laughs> like, I want, to, I want to talk to you guys more. So all of that is to say that over the course of the, our pandemic time, it's hard to wrap your mind around. In a lot of ways, it's just unfathomable that an entire world would shut down for a virus. It was like something out of the pop culture that we talk about, you know, not something that would happen in real life. And yet it was happening in real life. What helped me understand the world better and helped me understand that we could see each other through this was getting together with you guys every month and talking on this podcast. And maybe we wouldn't talk about serious stuff explicitly, but just the opportunity for us to get together and be companions on the journey was important. It was important to me over the course of this past year. And so me and Paul is, uh, it's like two of us by the Beatles. It's like America by uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. It's just one of those songs of companionship that always stands out to me. And for me this past year, your companionship has been a balm for my soul. And so that's why it had to be a part of the popping playlist 2021. Me and me and Ricardo, Liz and Betsy. Oh, I didn't hydrate enough for all the tears on this podcast tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God. Yeah, that's so sweet and so true for me, too. Okay. I feel like I've been so down on virtual community all year. But this podcast to me proves that it is possible to like mm -hmm. nurture and develop and sustain real relationships over this medium, because we haven't all been in the same place for more than 10 years, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I love you guys. This has been an awesome, awesome thing. When we are talking about like, how could we see one another in person? We talked about this before the pandemic and, you know, let's, we can go trash some hotel rooms together. Just like <laughs> Willie and Paul. All right, who's it going to be? Ricardo. Oh. You're next. Does that, oh, I get last song. You get last. Yes. Okay. Okay. Ha -ha. So this is a hard story to tell in the sense that if you've ever, if you've ever uh, prepared a sermon where there are all these facets to it and you want them to flow the right way or else it won't kind of come out as poignantly as you want it to. That's kind of how I'm feeling about this. So I'm just going to go for it and be sloppy. The song I picked is called The Last Time I Saw Richard, and it's by Joni Mitchell. When I was, you know, in those cool 20 years that I had between 85 and 05, I, uh, I only knew the kind of the bigger hits of Joni Mitchell, like, you know, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone. So I only knew those. But um, the story I want to tell about this song probably happened in 1994 or five. I had just moved to San Francisco in December of 93. I moved to San Francisco from Madison, Wisconsin, because I needed to be somewhere bigger in a place where I, I wasn't really getting emotional needs met in terms of relationships. So I come out to San Francisco, I'm going to be more Latino and more gay in San Francisco, la la la, it's going to be great. Um, and so I dated around a lot. I met some guy whose name was Richard. I didn't know him that well. I don't even remember anything about the date except that we were back at his place and I won't get too graphic. Um, but I will say 
that this was, like I said, 90, 94, probably it was, or 95. And um, we were chatting and it was right in that little moment of, okay, the date is now gonna maybe become something else. And all of a sudden he says, well, do you know Joni Mitchell? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. She wrote Big Yellow Taxi and stuff. And he said, yeah, yeah, but do you know Blue? Her album Blue. And I said, I mean, I've heard of it, but I don't know it very well. And so he said, there's this song called The Last Time I Saw Richard. And he said, I love it because it's my name and et cetera. So he played it for me. And it's this beautiful song. It has like 50 seconds of her just playing piano. And then she tells this story. And if you know Joni Mitchell, like <laughs> her words and the rhythm of the of the of the music don't go. The last time I saw Richard was Detroit in 68, and he told me all romantics meet the same fate someday. Cynical and drunk and boring someone in some dark cafe. You laugh, he said. You know, that's just comes tumbling out of her. So just to say that the story is about her last encounter with a friend with whom she, I think, shared dreams about the future. But he was getting cynical about, you know, making his dreams come true. He's like, all romantics meet the same fate. And then he, they're, at a, they're at a cafe, right, in Detroit. And he puts some, he puts a quarter in the Wurlitzer, right, the, the jukebox. And then the songs come on and they're talking and he says to her, you're such a romantic, you know, all you think about are, you know, pretty, pretty boys who will tell you pretty lies. He says, you've got moons in your eyes. And then she says, you know, Richard, you haven't really changed. It's just that now you're romanticizing some pain that's in your head. You've got tombs in your eyes, but the songs you put on the jukebox are dreaming. So this is encounter where he's telling her, give it up. Life is not romantic. And she said, you just put songs on there that give the lie to what you're saying and what you're believing. And then the end, she's sitting in a dark cafe at the end, right? And this is this was his thing about what happens with romantics. So she says, <laughs> you guys, Richard got married to a figure skater and he bought her a dishwasher and a coffee percolator and he drinks at home now most nights with the TV on and all the house lights left up bright. And then she says, I'm going to blow this damn candle out. I don't want nobody coming over to my table that I got nothing to talk to anybody about. All good dreamers pass this way someday, hiding behind bottles in dark cafes. Dark cafes, only a dark cocoon before I get my gorgeous wings and fly away. Only a phase, these dark cafe days. She's holding on to it. She's holding on to the, the, the possibility of romance and things coming true and life working out for her. But the irony is that she's living exactly how he said she would. You know, you're boring someone in some dark cafe. To me, the song is about how we let go of our dreams or realize them and how so often they get lost. But I'm sitting in there in the bedroom with Richard and he plays this song and we're talking about it. And then we start kissing. And then he says to me, um, before we go any further, there's something I need to tell you. He says, I'm HIV positive. And so I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I felt I wanted to be responsible and let you know and back then, you know, it was like 94, things were better, but they still weren't, you know, easy. And I froze and I said, I think I just want to cuddle. And he totally understood. And I never would have thought I would have cared. I would have thought, so what? We'll, we'll practice safe sex and, and that'll be fine. But I, I couldn't do it. And so we were just kind of affectionate with each other. And um, that 
was the last time I saw Richard. He gave me this gift of Joni Mitchell and some of her deeper songs. You know, I, I talk about how I stopped being cool in 2007 when I went to seminary. And I think some of that honestly is I have resentment at this calling. I resent because I had to put away so much of myself and um, I still kind of resent it. And at some level, I feel like the last time I saw Richard, because my name is Ricardo, right, was that day before I went to seminary because I had to put so much away. You, you lose your dreams or you lose yourself and you give in to a bigger thing or you give in to whatever society tells you to be. And my giving in was becoming a priest. Now, I have joy and I think I, I'm in the right profession. I think I am a good priest, but I can say that the dreamer is still in the dark cafe uh, longing for more. So it's a great song and it ends on this eerie chord that is not resolved. And that's life. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you, Ricardo. That's a beautiful story. And the irony, if you're willing to hear it, is that you were just talking about how you have to put away part of yourself to be a priest. And you just shared like the most beautiful and authentic story with us, which mm -hmm. is like such a gift and a gift of yours too, to be so full of yourself. So, Agreed. so thank you. Uh, Betsy. Uh, yeah, I don't even need the wheel at this point. Mom, Betsy. Yeah, you're, wheel. We don't even need our, you to close us out. So, golly, you all. I don't. I mean, this this song is is a song that I have uh, that I have cried to. I'm probably not going to cry talking about it right now, but it is actually a last song on an album. Um, it's and it's titled Thirteen, and then there's a parens right um, for There Is a Light. And you know me, how, I mean, my, your Bruce Springsteen is my you too. So this is post 2016 election. Uh, this is, you know, post Marjorie Stoneman Douglas school shootings. Like you can kind of hear all of those things kind of moving through the album. You know, this idea that, you know, love is bigger than anything in its way. You hear Bono kind of lifting up younger generations like it's your story, go out there and do it, and and all of those sorts of things. And this is so, but this is the the last song on the album, and it is very quiet. And again, it's another one that I feel like is a nighttime song. In the pandemic, when things felt so dark, and I think particularly, you know, we with the election and all of that, that um, which I still am like, oh yeah, that was just this last school year that that was happening that this idea that know that darkness always gathers around the light because it very much feels like in that way of that single candle because we can't all get together and light candles together you know you're you're kind of riding solo in that sort of way there is a light we can always see This is a song 
it's very much those moments when music becomes the thing that we need for ourselves. You know, he's singing the song for himself. Mm -hmm. This is what I need to sing and repeat and mantraize to to hold myself together when it when the headlines every day are just I didn't think this was who we were. I didn't think that I thought we were further along. And that frustration during the time period that this was written. You know, the one of the last verses is I know the world is done, but you don't have to be. I've got a question for the child in you before it leaves. Are you tough enough to be kind? Do you know your heart has its own mind? Darkness gathers around the light. Hold on. Yeah, I'm I'm a I love candles. I love light. I love darkness. I'm not a big overlay headlight fan, hate it. But and there's something about that. And yeah, that I was able to be here and like be in my own sanctuary, you know, be in this giant chapel where there's no children and there's nobody on campus. And that that in other times has felt like, oh, a respite from the busyness of life, but that it just felt lonely. Mm-hmm. But that to know that there's something about keeping home fires burning in us or in what we do, and that there's something sustaining about that. And so that's why I, I just, I think it's a great last song to close out something with. Cause I think all of these songs that we've talked about have been songs for someone and they've been songs that were for each of us in different moments of our life. And that important part that music plays in making that happen. Betsy, when you, when you, this last year, you were basically in chapel alone being that beacon holding the space. And for me, it's always, you know, it's like that E.E. E. Cummings poem. I carry your heart. I carry your heart in my heart. So you're holding hearts in spaces. And that's what I felt like I was doing. So that was our very first, but hopefully not our last, Popping Playlist episode. That is our episode of Popping Collars. And I want to thank my awesome co-hosts. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Liz, for joining us and sharing stories. Oh, can I put in a plug real quick, Ricardo? Yes. If you go to poppingcollarspodcast.com, what you will find at the top of the page is a link that will take you to the voting for our second annual Golden Poppers going on 30 awards show. So click on that link and vote for your favorite movies from 1990. Wow. Thank you, Greg. And Greg, so we've created a playlist from the songs we've discussed. How will we find that? That will also be on the website. (laughs) Just click the link at the top that says Popping Playlist 2021, and you'll be taken to our Spotify playlist. Awesome. Episcopal Cafe. Oh my gosh, who would not want to stop in at Episcopal Cafe for a a cup of something? Episcopal Cafe, we love, and we know you will love it too. And in fact, you can find us there hanging out every episode. The longest running Episcopal podcast in history. Number one Christmas podcast December 2020. On Pandora. I'm afraid that if people don't get these references, they're going to think we're really flexing. But this is the equivalent of saying that we're the tallest skyscraper in Topeka. You know what I'm saying? It's not. (laughs) It's like. We'll see you next time. And remember, keep those collars popped. Pop. Nice. Oh, was that not my, was that your line? No, that's your line. 
I think it's whoever jumps on the line at that point. Yeah, it's Betsy who says pop, 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 pop. Nice. Yeah. All right, Greg, you're recording. You can turn it off. Yeah, I can stop now. If there is a light, we can always see. If there is a 